Okay, we are back. Sports mashup number 117. And I will say it's August 3rd when we're recording this. Uh, we're a day late, but that is neither here nor there. Uh, I will say when I looked up the term sports mashup on YouTube, uh, I don't know why I did that, but I did it at some point in the last month that we have been here. Uh, I did see another channel that was created a few months ago with the same name. And uh, they don't really have any videos. They have a lot of YouTube shorts of sports. So just something to think about. Um, maybe we make a, a name change at some point. You know, I wouldn't put that out of the question. Uh, just because, you know, I get that we created this two years before that channel was created. But, you know. Hey, we just got new logos. Yeah, well, somewhere down the road, maybe uh, we'll see. But anyway, uh, let's get back into it here. The NBA uh, free agency period took place after we took the month of July off. So there are some free agency updates to uh, to get to. Yeah, I mean, our last recording date was 628. Just after the draft. So, I mean, a lot more than what we're going to say has happened. But a big one was the Celtics signed Porzingis to a two-year $16 million extension to his deal. Yeah, uh, they traded for him. Before the draft, I believe, from uh, Washington, I guess. Yeah. So, right, like right after the Bradley Beal deal. Yeah. So, uh, then Fred Van Vliet signed with the Rockets, three years, 130 million. I think the big thing to look at with a lot of these NBA contracts is the structure and uh, the different levels of bonuses and options and such. So, it's not really just a straight up $130 million deal for Van Vliet, but either way, the Rockets really did some interesting things, which is kind of what you have to do when you have that many young players. Yeah. Like when I was looking at all the transactions for free agency, like they made a lot of moves and brought a lot of players in some veterans and then they got the young core already. They signed a lot of like front loaded veteran, like Jock Landale signed there, I believe for like three years and 30 million. And Jock Landale is not a $30 million player. So I think there was some, uh, some upfront and option stuff. Yeah. So, and then you got Kyrie staying with the Mavs three years, 126 million. Yeah. I don't think this is surprising at all. I think Kyrie was always going to stay with the Mavs. I also, um, we'll get to the other one later. I like that they're getting shooting back. They let, finally let go of Reggie Bullock. Get out of here. Yeah. Which those guys are only useful when they're facing the Suns. Like if the Mavs are playing the Suns, Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Maxi Kleba, those guys all make every single shot when they're playing the Suns. But other than playing the Suns, they stink. No, I still do miss them having Dorian Finney-Smith. It was a big loss. That was uh, the Nets. The Nets did pretty well in those two trades, as about as well as they could do for a team that had two guys that didn't want to be there. So uh, the Hawks traded. Uh, Rudy Gay, Ty Ty Washington, Usman Garuba, and a second round pick to Oklahoma City for Patty Mills. Hawks save $4.5 million in the deal. Uh, then I think Rudy Gay got traded somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, he got traded. Didn't he get traded to the uh, the Hawk for John Collins? Yeah. I didn't even know Rudy Gay was still yeah. playing the league. I thought his knees were shot. Yeah. He was with the Jazz, I guess. So interesting. And then Patty Mills just got traded for two okay or front or to the Hawks in a deal with the Nets. Yeah. So a couple different trades. 
And then Kings and Senator DeMontis Sabonis agree to a five-year, $217 million deal. Yeah, had a great year last year. So yeah, he led the league in what rebounds? Yeah. And had it up there in field goal percentage as well. Yeah, had a good amount of double doubles, triple doubles. Yeah, there's not very many centers that are better, at least in the regular season, than him. And I know it's not that important of a position well, you could overall say anymore. Yeah, I said not that many. Jokic, uh, Embiid. Embiid. Brooke Lopez, though, I mean, he gets yeah. rebounds. He doesn't score that he's much, not, but he's, 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 he's a he's good, defender. but he's not better than Sabonis. He's not as athletic. He's more. I think he's more useful in the playoffs than Sabonis. I'll like give you he, that. He's more of a standard what we knew center. Which is not what he was at all early in his career, so I think he's lengthened his career by turning into that. It's very useful for a team like Milwaukee who re-signed him. Yeah. He was about to sign with the Rockets, by the way, Brooke Lopez. And yeah, he's like, yeah, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go to the Bucks. I think he yeah, I'll stay for I'll less st- money. Yeah. Yeah, I'll stay here. Yeah. I have the honors here. Smart. Yeah. Uh so the Beals of the Suns move done official. The Suns also unveiled new uniforms earlier yeah. in the week. I I'm saw them. They're like a mix between new and the old ones. Yep. I think it's so much. They're 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 previous to home and aways were just awful. I mean it's been pretty bad for a while since the Steve Nash era, probably, but I think they did well with these. And the Suns also made a number of free agent signings uh, with Utah uh, Wantanabe from the Nets, three point shooter on a minimum, Kata Bates Diop on a minimum, Drew Eubanks, a lot of like lengthy, versatile, kind of underrated guys that are going to come off the bench. Uh, they signed Eric Gordon. So they did a lot with the veteran minimums. I think the Suns bench is going to be a lot better than. It was going into free agency, and uh, I also it saw should be better uh, than last season. Uh, Victor Oladipo going back to OKC from the Heat. Yeah, and the Heat are kind of waiting to see if they're going to be able to get the Damian Lillard deal done. We'll see if that. But, but ever supposedly goes Portland doesn't want Hero, which I understand because if you look at Portland, they have Scoot Henderson, they have Anthony Simons, they have. Plenty of guards, so I think it, if you're Portland, you got to try to push to get out of bio, even though you're probably not. But you got to push for that at least, yeah. or you take Hero and try to flip him for a four or five, I guess. And the Mavs don't have like I wish like a Bam or someone like that could go to Dallas, but they don't have like they have to give up Kyrie or Luca. They don't have a bigger name yeah. to, unless it'd be a multi-person like Kuba and others. Yeah. Uh, and then Seth Curry going back to the Mavs. Adding his shooting. And yeah. him and Kyrie have played together, went to college together. Yeah. Uh, and then Michael Jordan finalizes the sale of majority stake in the Charlotte Hornets officially today. Obviously bought it for a lot less than he sold it for. So that's pretty good business. Yeah, he sold it to uh, Gabe, and, Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall. Yep, two hundred. Or he had it for thirteen years. Will hold a minority stake. Purchase was made at approximately three million dollar valuation. Jordan paid two hundred seventy five mil for a majority stake in the franchise in twenty ten. Yeah, new values of the NBA today. Team values are high. Hey, which means he made a heck of an investment. Yep. Uh, all right. 
on to the NFL, where we have, uh, I will say, the Hall of Fame game tonight between the Browns and the Jets. But this this first thing shocked the crap out of me. Bring back Sonny Michelle out of Georgia, I believe, right? Yeah. Retires after just five seasons, though he's got two Super Bowl rings. Yeah. One with the Patriots and one with the Rams. I get the feeling that his knees were probably shot. And something usually, had to what, be. usually what happens to running backs. Not everyone can be like Adrian Peterson and put up huge numbers with no knees. Well, especially as much as like he was used as a running back harder in L.A., but he was a scat back with uh, James White in New England. Yeah. And then you had DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins go to the Titans, which <laughs> – he made that list of his five quarterbacks he want to play for. Ryan Tannehill wasn't one of those five. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. So, I don't know. I'm, you get the Titans able to give him a little bit more money. He's a clear number one for them. He's going to get a lot of reps. Uh, the Titans could have just re-signed A.J. Brown and avoided all this, but whatever. Um We'll see how it goes. I don't really – I mean, you're in a bad division, so you might as well try to get better. No, and then you can – since we're on the Titans, go ahead and read the last one. Yeah, there's uh, the running back issues all over. Yeah, I, you get Derrick Henry unsigned. Is he unsigned? Or is he just not – is he holding out? I don't think it's Derrick Henry. Or Josh Jacobs. Well, Josh Jacobs is for sure – I thought he was the only one holding out. I thought Dalvin Cook wasn't. Or he's, was. he's just not signed yet. He uh, got released by Minnesota. He's probably going to sign with Miami. But uh, Derrick Henry signed a four-year, $50 million contract, and it's up at the end of this year. So, Yeah, but he wants more money. Saquon won more money. He got a one-year deal. Who else is up there? Josh Jacobs is holding out. Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I think the main thing is that they think they should be paid more because all the other positions' values are going up. But the problem for them is that there's so many running backs and there's so many examples where – Oh, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. There you go. Yeah. That's the big one, too, because he requested a trade. Yeah. We'll see how that – The Chiefs are in talks for that. And if they got Jonathan Taylor – Watch out. Yeah. I'm sure Clyde's Edward Hilaire would have to be in that trade. I mean, do the Colts want him? <laughs> well, I mean, he's already probably still on his rookie deal. Yeah, I guess. And you don't use him anyway. True. But then you had a lot of train camp injuries already. Joe Burrow with his knee went down just on a rollout. I think it was a calf strain. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. That's like a meniscus thing, I think, but he should be back by like week five or six. Yeah, they also they signed Eli Apple after Jalen's injury. Uh, the Broncos are through Tim Patrick, tore his ACL on Monday, and K.J. Hamler stepping away for a bit with a heart issue but plans to be back at some point this season. So that really hurts the Broncos – Receiving core. Because yep. what you got left there, just Jerry Judy. 
Jerry Judy and uh, Portland Sutton. Yeah. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims Jr. Oh, yeah. Marquez Calloway. Yeah, it's pretty bad after those three. And Marvin Mims is a. Uh, Marcus Calloway, though, though is a that rookie. a dude that Peyton had in New Orleans? Yeah. I had him three years in New Orleans, or two years when he was there, I guess. He was and, our speed guy. And he had his best year when he was. He had almost 700 yards in Sean Payton's last year in New Orleans. So, we'll see. Uh, the Commanders were officially sold to a group led by Josh Harris, who I believe also owns the 76ers and the Devils. So, Magic Johnson also part of that group. But, Which, I mean, he had done a long time ago. I don't know what took so long to get that deal done. Yeah, I think uh, the fact that it's Josh Harris, I think you probably feel good if you're the Commanders fans. Uh, the guy's worth almost or anywhere estimated anywhere from six point five to eight point four billion as of last month. Uh, he was born in a place called Chevy Chase, Maryland. So um, I believe he grew up a fan of the Redskins at the time. And uh, anything is better than Dan Snyder, I would say, if you're a Washington fan. So, And it looks like they might be changing the name again, so we'll see yeah, what happens. Well, there. There's a petition for them to change it back to the Redskins. They should change it to the football team again, which was, you know. Yeah, I don't think there's out. any – after the – the league and everyone made them change the Redskins. Whatever petition is signed, I doubt it's going to be going back to the Redskins. Yeah, it's not happening, but Commanders is just a stupid name. Anyway, I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact there's a place called Chevy Chase, Maryland. It's the name of both a town and an unincorporated census-designated place that straddles the northwest border of Washington, D.C. and Montgomery County, Maryland. Very cool that that exists. But anyway... Uh, yeah, this guy went to uh, Wharton School Business and, uh, you know, Harvard. So, or he's a board member at Harvard Business School. So this guy, yeah, Josh Harris, yeah, smart guy. All right, on to golf where we've missed a lot. Yeah, when we left, our left last, you had the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, winner was Ricky Fowler, won a three-man playoff with Morikawa and Hadwin. I had Ricky Fowler to win, by the won way. Won 1.6 shot 24 under. Had Ricky Fowler to win. Finally got it correct that he won a tournament when I picked him to win. And we didn't even pick that tournament. Yeah, we did. I had, I had it in my notes. Yeah, but I don't think we ended up picking because we just had the match. Oh, wait. No, we did. Yeah, I picked I Ricky. Ricky as, I had Ricky as top five. There you go. We should have an extra point added on if you picked the winner correctly. Maybe we should put that in place for the next tournament. We Double dip. Like, if you get a winner right, it's worth two. If you get top yeah. five and, and the rest, it's worth one. Yeah. Something like that. But anyway. Uh, then you had the match winner, Mahomes and Kelsey. Got that one wrong. Kind of ran away with it. Yeah, that was a boring match. Pretty useless, if you, if you ask me. But It was uh, more yeah. better on the commentary side than the golf side. A lot of those are like that. Uh, you had the John Deere Classic. The winner was Sepp Straka. 1.3 million purse, shot 21 under, pretty weak field there, really Cameron Young and Ludwig Aberge, Aberge, I, I can't remember how it's pronounced, I always forget, but 
pretty weak field at the John Deere, but Sepp Straka playing some good golf. Yeah, and then you had the Genesis Open winner was Rory, uh, won 1.6 million, shot 15 under. Genesis Scottish Open, of course. Make sure you put the word Scottish in there. Because oh. uh, there's a Genesis Invitational at Riviera in February. But uh, anyway, the winner of the Open Championship, Brian Harmon, $3 million purse, wins the fourth major of the year, 13 under, likely to secure a spot on the Ryder Cup team for the U.S. The two qualified and official members of the U.S. Ryder Cup team, uh, which is late next month at Marco Simone in Rome, are Scotty Scheffler and Wyndham Clark both officially qualified. There's six qualifiers, six captain's picks, four more guys to qualify for the U.S. side, assuming, assuming it'll probably be uh, four more will be Brian Harmon, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley would be my guess. And then obviously six picks after. So Brian Harmon won by six shots, blitzed the field, played well all week, consistent. So he wins his first major. So the last two majors of the year, we have first-time major winners this year. Yeah, and then 3M Open winner was Lee Hodges, won 1.4 million shot, 24 under. Also the same week, you had the Barracuda Championship. Ashke uh, Bafia, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, won in a one-hole playoff. He won the tournament shooting plus four. It says plus 40. Well, it's a stable for format, I think, a point system where you get points for certain scoring. So plus and yeah, it was showed like know. plus six, plus eight, plus seventeen, plus nine. So how many points he got each day? Yeah, you know, when I first read that, I'm like, wait, how do you win shooting plus forty? Well, if you want to look at scores like that, you look at the uh, the senior open championship last week where. Padraig Harrington and Alex uh, Sage Seika played in the playoff, and uh, the winning score was like five over because of the conditions that are being just torture. Uh, so, okay, you got uh, this week the Wyndham Championship going on right now, so we won't be picking it this week. We'll have next week. Next week is the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the St. Jude Championship next week. We'll pick that. Uh, defending champion of the Wyndham Championship is Tom Kim. He's not playing this week, though, due to an injury. Uh, Sedgefield Country Club in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah, currently Adam Scott is five under or through the round, so he's currently sitting at one. All right, let's go over to college. Yeah. Like you said, next week's FedEx St. Jude Championship. Uh, last year's winner was Will Zal Torres at TPC Southwind in Memphis, Tennessee. Yep. Um, college Hoops athletes charged for gambling in the Iowa-Iowa State game. There was like seven players cited in this. Yeah, no thoughts on this story from me. One was like a walk-on or a red shirt punter kicker that gambled through his mom's account up to $4,400, made multiple bets on it on the under, under 45, and the game hit it uh, 44. I mean, it's Iowa football, so... I think the total score in the Illinois-Iowa game last season was 13. So, it's Iowa ball. Uh, Bronny James had a uh, cardiac arrest issue in practice for USC. Very scary situation there. Luckily, he's okay. Uh, this is the second straight year I think a player at USC has had an issue like this. So, we'll see what happens there. I assume you can't have him playing to start the season. You got to get him cleared and everything. And I don't think it would be good optics for him to be out there on opening night. 
or good for him. So we'll see. Obviously, well wishes to him, but uh, seems like he's doing all right. I think he's at home now. Uh, spent a short time in ICU before getting out of that. So, and then you got uh, Florida State talking about leaving the ACC due to revenue dist- distribution. And there's a lot of rumors going around how the Big Ten could expand to 20. They're going to be at 16 once USC and UCLA are there. The four rumored schools, I believe, are. Well, that's what look at the next thing. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Big Ten eyeing expansion with Pac 12 instability, which is not surprising. I think we all knew this was going to happen at some point. Uh, so Oregon could be in the mix here. Florida State could be in the mix. That would get them to 18. And then another, the other two were Clemson, which is an ACC school. And I don't remember the fourth one. Guess another Pac 12 school. Washington, yeah. So that would make the Big Ten an absolute super conference in football. Maybe not. I, I get. I feel like you could. Is it really to the level of the SEC? No, no. But you have Oregon, Michigan, Ohio State, and Clemson, and USC. That's a pretty. I mean, that's that top five. I think is better than the SEC's top five, but the SEC is so much deeper. And also, let's not forget about schools like Penn State and uh, UCLA's got Chip Kelly. They're always going to be something. And Washington's not a very, you know, they're a fine football school. Florida State could be on the rise. That would be really bad for somebody who wants Illinois to be good and Illinois' program is on the rise a little bit, and now they're going to have to deal with that. It would be an insane football conference, no doubt. Uh, but it is sad to see the Pac-12 go down like this. But uh, it was expected once you see UCLA and USC leaving, plus Colorado going to the Big 12. Not that Colorado's a you know powerhouse school, but pretty good basketball program. And no, I'd say if anything, like whatever the Big 10 doesn't take, I could see the Big 12 picking up the rest after losing Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, the Big 12's been adding a lot too. I would think the ACC, if they're going to lose Clemson and Florida State, they got to – Figure something out. Well, where's Notre Dame? They're still I, – I still think they need to be in a conference. Well, they are in basketball at least, you know. Uh, they have to be in basketball. I mean, it wouldn't make any sense for them not to be. But, yeah, I could see some pack, some of the remaining Pac-12 schools. Unless the Pac-12 just wants to move forward with, like, Washington State and Oregon State as their powerhouse programs. Watch out. Which I don't think that can actually happen at this point. All right, Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah the NL win the first or wins their first All-Star game since 2012. And uh, you also said the Cubs beat the Yankees on July 7th, 2023, for the first time in history at Yankee Stadium, 3-0. And uh, a bit of a surprising stat, given the history and the number of times that the Cubs and the Yankees have played baseball games. Uh, but – you have the balanced schedule now, so they're going to be playing each other every year. So that would mean they're going to Yankee Stadium every other year. Happens the first year is bound to happen, I guess. And I'm assuming when they did go to New York, they just got smoked because there was a lot of years the Yankees were great, Cubs were not. There you go. Uh, the MLB trade deadline was two days ago. It was uh, on August 1st, and you had uh, a flurry of moves heading into it. Yeah, the Mets uh, pitcher Max Scherzer to the Rangers for prospect infielder Luis Angel Acuna, which is the younger brother of Ronald Acuna Jr. 
Yeah, the Mets sent a lot of money to Texas to try to get this deal to work. As Acuna is the third-ranked prospect in the Rangers system, he has like 50 stolen bases and 30 doubles in the minors this year. He's a really good prospect. I like the deal a lot for the Mets, especially since Scherzer stinks now and his performance today. He gave up three runs in the first inning. I don't know how he's doing after that in his Rangers debut, but he stinks now. Anyway, uh, the Dodgers trade for pitchers Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly from the White Sox. Gave up a couple pitching prospects, I believe, in the deal. Um, it's four three Texas. So he's only get, he gave up three runs in the first thing, and that's it. But I don't think he's in the game anymore. Probably not. He threw thirty seven pitches in the first inning. Oh, this is through seven. He pitched six innings. Oh, solid. Give him six. Give up three. That's not bad. That's doable. Seven hits, three run, three earned, two walks, nine strikeouts through 105 pitches. Yeah, I would take that. But he's just not the dominant guy that he once was. But he's also like 38, so who's surprised? They'll, they'll probably get the win. And he's still got an opt-out for next season. Yeah, and they scored. They went ahead in the, the fourth. So he's at standing at the moment to get the win. And Joe Kelly's back in L.A. Yep. He, he went years from, ago. What, did he go from St. Louis to the Dodgers to Boston? I think he went St. Louis to Boston. There might have been somewhere else in between, but then he's with the Dodgers, and then he's with the White Sox. So two former Cardinal pitchers going to the Dodgers. Yep. Uh, Angels have added Luca Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez from White Sox, plus CJ Crone and Randall Grichik from the Rockies. Angels holding on to Otani, trying to go for it. See how it works out. Probably won't. Uh, the Cardinals traded Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays and Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton to the Rangers for three prospects. Three prospects in that deal and then two prospects in the Hicks deal. Big fan Which, of that. Ethan and I were talking about this before we started recording that I hated this. I hated giving up Chris Stratton because I thought he was one of our best relievers. Well, yeah, the, the counterpoint that I brought up was the fact that the Cardinals are bad this year. He's a free agent at the end of the year. If he's pitching well, he's got value. They don't need him because they're not contending. He could help out a winner. So we'll see if they re-sign him. I think they liked him a lot, too, especially since he pitched a ton. He was like an innings eater, but, uh, you know, solid. And then Cardinals trade Jack Flaherty to the Orioles for three prospects and shortstop Paul DeYoung to the Blue Jays for prospect Matt Svonson, who's a pitcher. Yeah, they added a lot of pitching prospects, really replenished the system. I think they did pretty well at the deadline. I think the Flaherty deal might be the best one. They got three pretty useful prospects. They only got one infielder out of all the trades, right? I think they got two. They got uh, Thomas Seguise, or Seguise, I don't know how to say it, in the uh, Montgomery Stratton deal from the Rangers, who's batting over 300 in the minors. They got Cesar uh, Preto from the Orioles in the Flaherty deal. He's also batting over 300 in the minors. So I was kind of curious – Two to see if they were going to do anything with Contreras. Yeah, I think the problem with that is that they probably still believe in which they should. It's only year one. His offensive numbers have gotten better over the last couple of months. Uh, fielding still a bit of a concern, but the team stinks now. So just throw him in at catcher, and hopefully it improves and he gets more comfortable with the system or whatever they want to call yeah, it. But, I just meant with Kisner's been decent. Yeah, Kisner stinks though. And then was it Herrera? Herrera was good. He, they need to bring him back up. So that's what you're in a three catcher standstill there. Eh, I don't really consider Kisner anything future wise. He can be a catching coach or consultant or something. 
Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, the problem with the Contreras is that they probably would have had to eat some money to get prospects back to trade them, and they were never going to do that, especially one year into it. Uh, Marlins send Garrett Cooper to Padres, and then they acquire Josh Bell from the Guardians for Gene Segura and Khalil Watson. I believe the Guardians are also releasing Gene Segura, so maybe he'll go back to Philadelphia. be a nice bench bat for them or fielder off the yeah. bench. I don't know. And then the Mets trade Justin Verlander back to the Astros for their number one prospect, Drew Gilbert, and number four prospect, Ryan Clifford, both outfielders. I think it's a great deal for the Mets. Uh they don't really have a very good future in terms of outfielders right now. They have Nemo signed long-term, but then outside of that, Marte's got like two years left after the Sheriff's contract. He's been terrible. Well, uh, and with your next thing, Tommy Pham goes from the Mets to the Diamondbacks, so you just lost another outfielder. And they traded Mark Canna to the Brewers. So both Canna and Pham were outfielders who were free agents at the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, Gilbert and Clifford are – Two really good ads, and if you trade Verlander, you probably or if you trade Scherzer, you probably need to trade Verlander. Verlander was good for the Mets, but does does Verlander now? Did the Astros just overpay for him though, giving up their number one and number four prospect? Well, I will say that Drew Gilbert is a top one hundred prospect, but their system's not very deep, so it's not like the normal. Like most, a lot of teams have number one prospects that are in like the top thirty or thirty five. In, in baseball, I think Gilbert was in the 60s. He's a good good prospect, but, I mean, I I would do that again because Verlander's still pitching well. He's comfortable in Houston. He's got another year on his contract next year, uh, and I think it makes sense in that regard. So, And I guess their team's kind of set, their lineup and everything. Yeah, yeah. And they got another guy now to help out Valdez because it seems like their rotation hasn't been very good this year. He threw a no-hitter this week, so there you go. And like you said, fam going from the Mets to the Diamondbacks. And then Phillies acquire starter Michael Lorenzen from the Tigers. Yeah, he made his debut today. Which he he's the guy who used to pitch for the Reds, correct? Yep, he was a reliever. Then I think he might have played outfield a little bit, yeah. trying different things out. Well, like I think they'd put him in the outfield in like late he games. He was a good hitter, yeah. And it was like – Right after his dad passed or something, he had a home run. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yep. Uh, player of the week. Yeah, I don't. I probably should have redone the stats because I guess he probably would have played last night. But this is from yet like Tuesday night or something when I wrote this. But I went with uh, Shohei Otani, eight for fifteen in the games that I wrote down. It was like six games or something, five games, whatever. Uh, three home runs, four RBIs, a double, five walks, four runs. And then against the Tigers, he threw a complete game shutout with nine strikeouts and only gave up one hit in the same day where he hit two home runs as well. A lot of this damage was done in one day. I took uh, Cleveland's first baseman, Josh Naylor, eight for 23, three doubles, three RBIs, one run, three walks, no strikeouts. And that's why you trade Josh Bell, because you have Josh Naylor. Stupid. Who would think, though, hurt his side – so, someone else might be playing first base. There you go. Uh, on to the NHL. Uh, yeah, it's for, uh, wrote first a moment of silence as an all-time legend retires. Boston center Patrice Bergeron. Okay. Uh, he won another Selkie, right? Yeah, he won. He's got he got seven, I believe, to to finish it off. Uh, also lost. One and two in the Stanley Cup final. Okay. 
<laughs> NHL offseason. Wow. Stuff that we missed. Uh, I didn't bring up who he lost to. I just said that he lost to. It's not his but, fault, but, I guess. But The Blackhawks and the fucking Blues. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but did beat Vancouver, so congrats. You beat up on a shit Canadian franchise. Uh, all right. He did win a cup, did win seven Selkies. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. But I will say I don't think he is in the landscape of all-time centers the way that Bruins fans think he is. Like, I don't think he's a top five center of all time. I think he's up there, but I, I wouldn't feel good putting him top five. That's not to knock the guy either. I, I just said an all-time legend. I didn't say an all-time yeah. center. I think he's more a Boston legend than NHL legend. I mean, he's both. one of the best two-way players to play in the league. Yeah, that's the thing. But, like, I wouldn't put him top five centers of all time. Like, I think Gretzky, Lemieux. Yeah. I think Ron, Ron Francis is better, but Boston fans wouldn't agree with that. But anyway, yeah, congrats to him. A great career. Obviously, tough way to go out this year with how good their team was in the regular season. There's a couple other things we'll talk about with the Bruins that are a little confusing to me, but uh, let's get into a few offseason things we missed. I just added all the signings of note over the last month that were like over $5 million per year, $4 million or whatever. And then the top three picks in the draft went a little bit differently than we thought. Same three players, but reversed. Uh, obviously, Bedard went number one to the Blackhawks. Leo Carlson went number two to the Ducks. And Adam Fantilli went number three to the Blue Jackets. The consensus thought going in was that it would be Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson. But it ends up being Bedard, Carlson, Fantilli. So I think that's great for Columbus. Uh, I think that you know, that's a guy you could have as your number one center someday next to if Patrick Line is still there and the Johnny Gaudreau. So, yeah, I think the, the Blue Jackets are pretty set at center for the future with also having Kent Johnson and uh, somebody else's name that I forgot still in the mix. So, Cole Perfetti? No, that's Jets. Whatever. Uh, so, there you go. And then a few signings. This one just happened a couple of days ago. Vladimir Tarasenko signed a one-year deal with the Ottawa Senators. Speaking of the Ottawa Senators, the big reason they got Tarasenko is because they traded Alex to bring it uh, to the tr- Detroit Red Wings. He was also extended by the Red Wings. And I don't know why I wrote Bertuzzi to Toronto twice, um, but I'll just let you officially say that for your part. Uh, Orloff to Carolina, Killorn to uh, the Ducks, and Bertuzzi to Toronto. So the Bruins lose Bergeron. They're probably going to lose Krejci because I think if Krejci's – uh, if Bergeron retires, I think Krejci retires. Um, they, time. yep, they had well, a I don't chance. know if he retired the first time. He just well, he did go to the Czech League, so I guess he was still playing. But so Don Sweeney's in a tough spot here, I think, because some of the signings that he made this summer made no sense to me. Uh, such as, do you really need to be throwing Milan Lucic and James Van Riemsdyk in your lineup? Two thirty-five-year-olds. I mean, I know it's only one million dollars, but like, can't you find some younger players? Like, I don't mind players? the Van Riemsdyk thing, but why would bring him Luchik back? Yeah, I don't. It's just it's, it feels. He's not that good me. of a skater. He's more of a brawler. He's not going to play every game, and he's probably going to play like nine minutes a night. So, have fun paying one million dollars for that, there, Sweeney. Stupid. And their defense. I mean, it's fine. Kevin Shattenkirk, what's he going to do? Whatever. Uh, you still got Lindholm and McAvoy. You still got Carlo and Grizzly. You still got Forbert. And then I guess your third pair right D is either Zaboral or Shattenkirk. But uh, they kept both goal centers, which 
I mean, they did trade Taylor Hall to get some cap flexibility, but I just don't really it get could be everything which one makes Krejci want to leave because that was his running mate. I really don't get what they're trying to do here. Why'd you get rid of Orloff after all he did in the short time he was there? Well, I understand why they couldn't re-sign Orlov because if you look at the money that he got from Carolina, Boston couldn't do that. Oh, it was a three-year deal or two-year deal, and it was seven point seven five per Boston. What Bertuzzi get from Toronto? That's the one that has got to annoy Boston fans. I know Bertuzzi was looking for a multi-year deal. Boston didn't want to do that. Uh, he ends up going to Toronto and signing. Uh, one year, 5.5. I think Boston could have swung that. The problem for the Bruins is that they made moves already before that, and Bertuzzi waited a week or two to sign, I think, or something. might have been like a day or two, actually. I don't even remember. But that's a tough one there. If you could have – Boston really, really should have tried hard to get Bertuzzi for one year. And I don't remember if the story goes as Toronto had a chance or Boston had a chance to match Toronto and they didn't. Or Boston never had a chance to match. I don't remember which part of the story it is, but after how good Bertuzzi was and he signed somewhere else, a direct competitor for one year, that's tough. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we'll see what Boston is. They're definitely not going to be as good as they were last year, but they might actually be the fringe playoff team this year that we thought they'd be last year. So I'm we'll glad see. they kept both goaltenders. Yeah, I mean, right now they have 429000 in cap space with nobody really left to sign, so they should be pretty set going in. But I think this is probably the last year of Swayman in Boston because he's an RFA next year, and if he has another good year, he's going to be making more than they can afford. They're not going to want to pay 5 mil to Olmark and 5 mil to Swayman. That's just not going to happen. Uh, but, you know, Boston's model of trying to keep – all the salary cap numbers as low as possible. It's kind of going out the door with McAvoy making 9.5 and Pasternak making 11.2. Those guys obviously deserve that in the marketplace with how good they are at their position. But Sweeney's going to have to navigate some other things because he's not going to have Bergeron making what should be viewed as an illegal number with how low that was last year uh, to try and win. So we'll see how they uh, tackle it. And I think I assume Martian will probably be their next captain, although it wouldn't surprise me to maybe see McAvoy. Well, maybe they leave it open for a year. Who knows? I could also see it going to Pasta with them giving him that big, long deal. That's true. But you you got to think Marshan spends the rest of his career in Boston. He's got two years left on his contract, and he'll probably sign another one. Yeah, Unless, but, but though it makes me think that since Pasta's already there for so long that he might get it just because all of them have been long-term. Yeah, I mean, really your options in that case would be McAvoy and Pasta. Yeah, because McAvoy's got seven years left and Pasta's deal kicks in this year. I believe he's got eight. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I think that'll do it for us. We but, will be back. Well, I went four and four. Oh, yeah. I didn't even calculate mine. Uh, and a month ago's betting, I'm now 896 and 616. I'll have to calculate mine next week. I'll calculate mine next week. But I will say I did get Ricky Fowler. I did. I was told that we have to talk about SummerSlam as Saturday. Whatever that is, yeah. WWE SummerSlam Saturday. That'll be great. I'm sure everybody will enjoy. Uh, All right. We'll do uh, picks next week. We'll be back number 118 next week, and we will see everybody then. Deuces.